Hey folks, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris and I'm here with my friend, Pastor Kelly hey. today. So we're so glad that you're here with us. And Kelly, I have this awesome, awesome idea. Ready? Are you ready for it? Yeah. So Pastor James is in the middle of this series that he's called Belong. Right. And guess what? I came up with a soundtrack for his series. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, okay. Okay, well, do you mind if we listen to a little bit of music? I'm in. Okay, cool, let's go. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River, Country Road, take me home to the place I belong. I'm going home to the place where I belong. So as you can tell, everybody has an idea of what belonging is and what that feels like. Well, last week, Pastor James talked about what the responsibilities are that come with belonging. But this week, we're going to talk about something that's a little bit different, a part of belonging that we don't usually think of, and that is the rights of belonging. So go ahead and check in on social media, check in on Facebook, share a picture, share a thought, share something with your friends. Let folks know that you're worshiping with us. And also, if you're new here, first of all, welcome. And we'd love for you to, to fill out a connection card. And you can do so by visiting salemfields.com slash contact. And it's a way for us to connect with you and to get to know you better, as well as share any prayer requests that you might have too. And regardless of where you are, know that we consider you to be a part of Salem Fields Community Church and the family here and everything that's going on. And there's a number of ways that you can help support the ministry that we do here, both locally and internationally. You can participate in giving in a number of ways, electronically, through the website, through our text to give option that's at the bottom of your screen. And also, 
also through the Salem Fields app. And last week, Pastor James shared some news about Manu, who is one of our missionaries over in India, who shared a ministry that he has going that baptized like 40 people, right? Isn't that right? 40 people in one event. So that's one of the ways that we support the ministry that's happening all around the world and all that God is doing. And we're also active here in our local community. And just to let you know, we had an awesome back to school blessing night that we gathered with folks at 11 different schools all around the area to pray for our students and teachers and staff and families. And it was just awesome to participate in. And there's still ways that you can support some of the things that are going on in the schools. Our friends at Smith Station Elementary are still collecting school supplies, especially scissors and crayons that you can drop off at Salem Fields Community Church at our building anytime during the week and we'll take them to the school. If you have any questions, you can just email Pastor Jason at Salem Fields, uh, Jason at SalemFields.com for that. And so also we'd love to connect with you. We have a couple of events coming up, including a sunset paddle that's going to be on Friday, September 4th. You can join us at six o'clock at City Dock. It's a great chance to meet other people, be social distance during a paddle down the river and really, really have a good time. And one last reminder that every Sunday at 1020, we have a special kids ministry program right here on SalemFields.com slash live and also on Facebook live, followed by a student ministry program at, uh, at 1035. So come and join us for that. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm really happy to be here. Know that at Salem Fields, you belong here. Isn't that right, Kelly? You belong here and we're excited for worship today. Thanks so much for joining us. It's an anthem in the making Can you feel it start to rise? Can you hear the generations Getting louder over time? Every son and every daughter Singing out into the night It's not time to be silent Don't you dare hide your light there's a world outside your window, so don't let it pass you by. Lift your heads to the heavens, lift your voice to the sky. Praise the Lord of all creation, let His name be lifted high. Sing it. Thank you. 
Blinker than I, death and all our sin Nowhere in sight, for the Lord, He is alive See the lost return from the dead of the night Every captive free, every chain left behind Have you ever seen such a beautiful sight? All the world coming alive See the world light up one heart at a time See the strongholds break in the blink of an eye Death and all our sin nowhere in sight For the Lord, He is alive See the lost return from the dead of the night Every captive free, every chain of the eye Have you ever seen such a beautiful sight? All the world coming alive So don't let it pass you by Lift your hands to the heavens Lift your voice to the sky Praise the Lord of all creation Let His name be lifted There is a sound I love to hear It's the sound of the Savior's robe As he walks into the room Where people pray Where we hear praises he is faith people on their knees. Wake up, you slave. 
Thank you so much, worship team. We appreciate the way that you lead us into worship uh, every weekend. Would you pray with me together? Father, thank you so much for this, this uh, day, for this uh, weekend. We thank you for what you're doing among us, Father. We thank you for the fact that we can belong, that we can come into this relationship of belonging with you and belonging to each other and belonging in the community of faith. And so, Father, in these uh, moments, these next few moments, as we dive into your word, as we look at what Paul is saying to Timothy about what it means to, to be good leaders and shepherds and pastors and teachers, Father, we pray that you would help us understand that uh, because of some people who give their lives without reservation to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have rights that we can expect of our leaders and our pastors and our teachers. And so, Father, as we dive into your word, we, we stand upon the promise that your word does not kind of go out and return void, but, Lord, that you are accomplishing in our lives of obedience what you need to accomplish and so, Father, we ask uh, in these moments that you, you would speak because your people, your belongers, are listening. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey there, Salem Fielders. Good to, uh, good to be talking to you today. Good to see you today. Uh, today we began our third message on this idea of belonging. 
This idea that, hey, we are called, we were created to belong to God and to belong to one another. And sometimes we, we settle for substitutes of belonging, which are alienation and kind of doing our own thing. But we were created to do life together, to belong. If you remember last week, I taught you a new word, belongers. It was a word I made up on my own, belongers. And last week, we talked about some of the responsibilities uh, some of the responsibilities of belongers that you, in order to not just kind of check off the boxes and not spend your life just phoning it in, that you needed to do some things to belong. But today I wanted to talk about what it means and uh, what are your rights as belongers. And I thought I would start off by doing some uh, comedic rights of people who belong to the church. So here are some funny belonger rights. You certainly have the, the right to claim your own pew as a belonger, especially since we don't have any pews to claim. You as a belonger have the right to vote on the carpet, the color of the new carpet, especially if you're willing to pay for it all and it's a color that I like. That's a joke. That's a joke. Belongers have the right to have pastors visit their third cousin, twice removed, vis visit it right away, even though he or she belongs to another church and really doesn't want a visit. As a belonger, you have the right to question any pastor, any leader that declares him or herself one of the two witnesses of Revelation. As a belonger, you have the right to expect confidentiality, and that your conversation with the pastor or leader will not end up in an illustration during the next sermon. As a belonger, you have the right to read whatever you wish, even if I recent, recently bashed that particular TV show or movie or book from the front in my Sermon titled, Demons in Your Home. As a belonger, you have the right to, to the use of the church for weddings and funerals. And you have the right to expect this right even if the person who is getting married or the person who has died or, or did not live a sinless life in the last six months before the funeral. You have some rights as belongers. Now, those are a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I want to talk with you today about some rights that Paul talks about that you have as people who belong. You have some rights. So here's the deal. Here's what Paul says, and he's talking to his protege, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 13, and here's what he says. If anyone wants to provide leadership in the church, good. But there are some preconditions. As a leader, a leader must be well thought of, committed to his spouse, cool, his or her spouse, cool and collected, accessible and hospitable. He or she must know what they're talking about, not be over fond of wine, not pushy but gentle, not skin thin, not money hungry. He or she must handle their own affairs well, be attentive to their children and having their respect. For if someone is unable to kind of marshal or handle his or her own affairs, how can he or she take care of the church? He or she must not be a new believer. 
lest the position go to their head and the devil trips them up. Outsiders must think well of them or else the devil will figure a way out to lure them into his trap. The same goes for those who want to be servants in the church. Serious and not deceitful, not too free with the bottle, not in it for what they can get out of it. They must be reverent before the mysteries of the faith, not using a position to try to run things. Let them prove themselves first. If they show they can do it, take them on. No exceptions are to be made for women. Same qualification, serious, dependable, not sharp tongue, not overly fond of wine. Servants in the church must be committed to their spouses, attentive to their own children, and diligent in looking after their own affairs. Those who do this servant work will come to be highly respected, a real credit to this Jesus faith. So Paul is having this conversation, and he not only has it with Timothy, his protege, but he has it with Titus as well. And he's talking about, hey, as you build these churches, and as you're looking for pastors and leaders and overseers and elders and servants, so he makes provision for not only pastor leaders, but also laity leaders, clergy leaders and laity leaders. And so what he's saying to them is as you go to pick these people out, as you are looking for these people, make sure that they meet these qualifications. And I believe these qualifications serve as some rights that you can expect as a belonger. And so I'm going to share about four of those rights that you can expect as a belonger. Belonger, excuse me. But first, let's listen to this and let's worship together. Who am I that the highest king would But he brought me in all oh, his love for me Oh, his love for me Who the sun sets free Oh, it's free indeed I'm the child of God Yes, I am Relax, he has slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Through the sun sets for me, all is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I Say 
So let's jump back into this scripture text. As Paul is talking uh, to this early, these early churches, to the churches in Asia Minor, these fledgling churches, he begins to talk about what leadership should look like in the church. And I believe the things that he talks about are, are rights that you can expect from your leaders. Let me put myself on the line here. First of all, I, when I, what I'm sharing with you today is rights that you can expect from me, your leader here at Salem Fields Community Church. And, and we're going to, we're, we're, we work together as a team, so I'm not in this on my own. So when I talk about leaders, I'm talking about your board, I'm talking about your staff, I'm talking about your pastors, I'm talking about the leadership team. There's some expectations that you should have, some rights that you uh, have the right to kind of own. And so uh, today I want to talk about four of those, four rights that you have as a belonger. Number one, you have the right to have your pastors and your leaders feed, feed you. Preach and teach the truth is what I'm talking about. You have the right of your pastors and leaders to feed. 1 Timothy 3.2 says, he or she must know what he's talking about. In other words, he's, Timothy, Timothy is talking about this idea, and Paul is telling Timothy that if someone's going to lead, they got to know what they're talking about. And the best way for us to know what we're talking about is to dive into the Word. The best way for us to share is to share out of God's Word because it keeps us from going off our own tangents. You know, we live in a culture and we live in a world where we have all kinds of churches and all kinds of religious expressions of church and all types of spiritual activities going on. And the reality is sometimes in those differing religious kind of experiences, religious services, spiritual services, whatever you want to call it, there's these folks who lead and they talk about what they believe instead of what the Word of God says I want to make a promise to you that there's nothing that I'm going to teach in this venue. There's nothing I'm going to teach online or nothing I'm going to teach in a class that has not, that does not have its foundation in the word of God. Timothy says to Titus in first chapter 7 through 9, it's important that a church leader is responsible for the affairs in God's house be looked up to, not pushy, not short-tempered, not drunk, not a bully, not money-hungry. He must welcome people, be helpful, wise, fair, reverent, have a good grip on himself and have a good grip on the message, knowing how to use the truth to either spur people on in knowledge or to stop them in the tracks if they oppose it. Paul is saying to Titus that the word of God, as he says later on, uh, in other books, the word of God is useful for correcting, for rebuking, and to, for encouraging, and for shaping people and growing them up to maturity. If we're going to lead like Jesus, you have the right to expect that in the way that we lead, we lead with the word. See, we are passionate here. We're passionate that you grow up in Christ. 
We're passionate to remove you out of what I call the me, my, I chair. Let me explain that a little bit. I talked about that last week, but I didn't explain it. You know, there's a, there's a group of people who come into the church, and they're excited, and they get saved, and, and they give their lives to Christ. He becomes the CEO of their lives. And, of course, when you're a babe in Christ, when you're a baby, a spiritual baby, you're drinking, you're craving milk. And so you crave that milk or you, you crave porridge or, or the mushed up peas or the applesauce that have been crushed up. Have you ever tasted any of that? Have you ever got a taste of that? I remember one time buying some baby food in college, and it was a prank that we were doing. And we were doing baby food, and we were pouring it out and having people eat as kind of a prank or a contest. And the applesauce wasn't that bad. In fact, I, I think I could buy applesauce today, and I'd be all right. But the peas... And the squash and, and that kind of vegetable thing, the carrots were terrible. And so eventually I don't like that because I'm an adult and I don't want to eat children's food. But there's some people who grow up in the church who get saved and, and they stay spiritual babes. And they're drinking milk and they're, they're eating porridge. And, and we, we sometimes don't say anything about it. But what if you saw me 50-something years old and I invited you to dinner at my house and I cooked you a great meal, steak and potatoes and all of that kind of stuff. Or if you're a vegan, I gave you a mushroom or whatever that is. And, and I fixed that, fixed that up for you. And then I put my own plate out. And I went to the cabin and I pulled out, pulled out some baby food. And I started putting it on my plate. And you were eating and you were thinking, what is he doing? What is Hayward doing? Is he crazy? But I just started eating that. I just started eating. And then I started eating it. You would be concerned you might go back to some folks you know and say, uh, the, the new pastor, the, the, the new pastor that we elected, I, I think he, there's something wrong with him, right? But yet there's sometimes people will be in the church forever and they'll be in my me, my, I chair, my high chair. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I want to do. When you're a belonger, you're in community. So it's not just about what we want. It's about what's good for the whole community. And so Paul, Paul is encouraging us not to allow you to be spiritual babes, that you have the right to grow up and you have the right for us to help pull you out of that chair and set an adult table for you, that you would come out of me, my high chair, and you would step up to the adult table. You've been there. When you were little, you sat at the kids' table maybe at Thanksgiving. I had a big family, so there was a kids' table and there was an adult, adult table. And I couldn't wait to get out of the kids' table to get to the adult table. You have the right for us to help you move out of the me, my, I chair and to move into the adult table. You have a right uh, for us to teach and preach in such a way that you, uh, you stand up under the word of God and you understand that the word of God is correcting you and growing you up so that you might be mature. It's not just about teaching you to eat meat and mature food, but also to live it out in community. If all I do, if all we do is just feed you, if all we do is just feed you, and, and there are people like this, give me another Bible study, give me another sermon, give me a, another small group teaching, give me another, another Another. And so what happens is our plate becomes so full and we eat so much that our spiritual, we become spiritual porkers and our, and our spiritual belt buckle is on the last loop and, and we're just spiritual porkers, right? We're walking around with so much food. It's our job. And you can expect 
And you have the right to expect us to help you live it out, which means you diet and you exercise. And so it's not just food going in you and going out you, but it's nourishing you. And you're growing up and you're getting strong. Pastors and leaders that feed but also help belongers to diet are good pastors and leaders. And you can. You have the right to those kind of pastors and leaders. 2 Timothy 2.2 says this, Pass on what you heard from me, the whole congregation saying amen, to reliable leaders who are competent to teach others. You can also expect that we want to replicate ourselves that we want more teachers and more leaders and more pastors and more elders among us. One of the great legacies, one of the great things about Selim Fields Community Church is this. There's so many leaders and so many teachers and, and so many pastors have come from this community of faith and have gone out to change the world. And some are still here with district licenses and local licenses, people called out by God to become teachers and leaders and elders and pastors. So you can expect us to feed you, diet and exercise, to, to lead you uh, in, in a way so that, you, so that you not just eat, but you begin to work it out and to begin to live it out in community. Number two, so the first thing you can expect, you have the right to pastors who feed you. Number two, you have the right to pastors and leaders who lead you. Just as shepherds, sheep herders lead a flock of sheep, you have the right to shepherds and, and leaders that will lead you. The Bible also talks about elders and overseers. These are people who help lead the church as servants, sometimes lay, sometimes career people. Here's what Hebrews says. Be responsible to your pastor lead, pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to their joy of their leadership and not as drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? You have the right to not have us just feed you, but to lead you. You have the right to expect that we will make tough choices. That we'll, that we'll be brave as we leave to ch lead the church. See, courageous leadership that you can expect means that we will make decisions that might tick you off, that we'll make decisions that might get you upset, but you can, you can be assured of this thing, that we will never make decisions based on just what we want, that we will make decisions, that I will make decisions based on what's best for the church and what's best for the kingdom. This is a good time for me to reiterate the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic, that we're in the middle of the worst pandemic we've had in 100 years, that we're in the middle of a, a pandemic that requires of us that we distance ourselves. And so, so here are the three requirements. These are three things that we're asking of you. We're asking that you wear a mask. We're asking that you do social distance the six feet, and we're asking that you sit with family members, immediate family members who live in your home. Why are we asking this? Because it's our job to lead you. 
and to lead this community of faith and to especially lead you in setting an example for those all around us. See, leadership is tough. Leadership makes decisions that sometimes are not very popular but we understand this, right? Because when we're children, we have parents, and we don't want parents who are our friends. We want parents who are our parents, right? When, we're, when we have friends, we don't want friends that just tell us anything that we want to hear. We want friends that are truthful to us, friends that are helpful to us. And we want leaders, and you have the right as belongers to leaders who will lead you. And sometimes it's leading you in a place that you might not want to go. I'm reminded of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes he leads us places that we really don't want to go. He talked to, he talked to Peter about this, you remember? Peter is talking about, well, what about John? What about John? What's going to happen with him? And, and, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't worry about John. You follow me. And then there's a commentary to that verse that says this. Jesus was speaking of the fact that one day he was going to lead Peter to a place he did not want to go. So courageous leadership means that we make decisions, tough decisions, but it also means that we lead with vision. Leadership is about vision, and you can expect, and you have the right to visionary leaders. The Bible says that people perish because of lack of vision. You have the right to know where we're going and how we're going to get there. You have the right to be able to ask questions. James, what are you doing? What are you talking about belong? What direction are we going in? You have the right to hear me talk about it and the reason why we're doing it. And you know how vision works. Sometimes we think vision is about buildings and butts, bottoms, and bucks, money. But the best vision that we can provide for you is how we're going to help you grow up, how we're going to equip you for works of service, and how we're going to help you to be fully mature believers in Christ. Vision. You have a right to have leaders to provide vision. Ephesians 4, 12 through 13 says this. He handed out gifts of, a, of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, to train Christians in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficiently and gracefully in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive in Christ. That's the goal. The goal is that we're working together in community, that we're belonging together, all of us together, sharing our gifts, our graces, our experiences, working together. You have the right to have leaders that lead with humility and not hubris. You have the right to leaders who will say sorry and one of the things I, I needed to say to the community is last week I did a terrible job. I did a terrible job with social distancing. I did a terrible job with what it meant to kind of follow our guidelines. And I did not lead the right way. And so I need to say sorry for that. You have the right to leaders who will protect the flock. Number three. You have the right to pastors and leaders 
who model belonging by example. Most importantly, pastors and leaders who lead must lead by example. Here's what 1 Peter 5, 1 through 3 says. I have a special concern for you, church leaders. I know what it's like to be a leader. Here's Peter talking. In on Christ's suffering as well as his coming glory. Here is my concern that you care for God's flock with all the diligence of a shepherd, not because you have to, but because you want to please God, not calculating what you can get out of it, but acting spontaneously, not bossily telling others what to do, but tenderly showing them the way. Peter speaks of modeling modeling what you want to see out of other people. I just think that's the best way to teach. The best way to teach and the best way to lead is to model. If I want you to do something, I model it for you first. All throughout my career as a pastor, my calling, my ministry as a pastor, I've tried to model exactly what I want the folks who I'm leading to, to live out. And so Peter talks about this, showing them the way. It's one thing to tell them, but it's another thing to show them. So here's what I believe. I believe things are caught and not taught. I believe people catch what you're doing instead of listening to what you're saying. And so as, as leaders and as pastors and teachers, we believe you should expect and you have the right to have us, to see us doing what we're asking you to do. Not surprisingly, the New Testament list of elders' qualifications focus predominantly on character. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says, follow my example as I follow Christ's example. The mandate to model maturity carries two critical implications. First, modeling means we must Guard, we must be prepared for and give an answer to how we live our lives when it comes to being like God. First Timothy 4.16 says this, keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted, just keep at it. Both you and those who hear you will experience salvation. So Paul's telling Timothy, keep at it. Don't give up. What you do matters. How you act matters. How you respond matters. What your attitude is like matters. And so we want to model for you what it means to live in holiness, what it means to live consecrated, set apart lives for the kingdom of God. You have the right to expect your leaders to be consecrated people, not perfect people, not people who will never blow it. I already talked to you about blowing it last week, but people who model godliness. And part of consecration and godliness is when we blow it, we can say, I'm sorry. The second implication, modeling um, requires us to be among the people, to live in community. You know, this whole idea of modeling only works if people see you. So I expect to have you over to my house. I can't have all you over to my house. I'll probably start with staff and leaders, but we'll have you over to our house so you can see where we live. 
Uh, I, I want to be hang out with you. I want to come to a small group every now and then and hang out with you. I want you to know my hobbies. If any of you like, I know some of you like to bike. Some of you like to kayak. I like to work out. I like to go to the firing range. I mean, I have some hobbies. And I want to I join you, and I want you to see me with my, it, 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 my proverbial hair down and see me living life. Because it's only as we do life together that we can actually model. You have a right for us to model listening and learning. That we listen, and then we can be taught. That we're teachable, that we're learners. You have a right for us, you have a right to expect that we keep confidentiality. And then number four, pastors and leaders who plead by prayer. So you can expect pastors and leaders that feed, that lead, that modeled, and last but not least, plead. Acts 6, 4 says like this. Meanwhile, we'll stick to our assigned task of prayer and speaking God's word. There's something about prayer that helps us be great leaders and teachers because we understand that we can't do this on our own. We don't have all the knowledge. We don't have all the intelligence. We need to plug in to the, plug into the word of God and plug in in prayer so that we can get our marching orders. See, ultimately, we're powerless on our own to lead the church this is not some company. This is not some business. This is not a, a, a marine barrack. This is not some kind of other organization. This is the people of God. And if we're not plugged in, if we can't get off along in prayer, then, then, then we won't be able to lead well. And so for 15 years when I was at my last assignment, I had a prayer team that met with me on Sunday morning and we prayed for an hour, and they prayed for me during the week, but we would come together on Sunday morning. They prayed for an hour, and we prayed together, and I would, I would reveal the stuff that was on my heart and the things that I needed prayer for. And I believe that the 15 years that I spent to that last assignment, were, were any success that happened, happened out of prayer. I know this has been modeled here at Selwyn Fields Community Church because when I was here as executive pastor, we would meet over in, uh, we had a kind of, um, I don't know what you call it, a camp. I guess it was a, it was one of those um, rooms that you could put off, I guess, I don't know what you call it, a camping room or a trailer. I guess it was a trailer. It was an office. And we would meet there on Fridays at 6 a.m. for prayer. And I remember writing down, with the dearly departed Ray Liptrap, all the prayer requests that came in. And we could look at that book and we could see how God answered prayer. We can't do this on our own. So we, we, you can expect leaders that plead to the Father in heaven on your behalf. So we pledge to be leaders of prayer. In the end, as belongers, you have the right to have pastors and leaders who do our best to lead like Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was about feeding the sheep, literally, when he, when he fed the 5,000. And then as he gave them the word and the Sermon on the Mountain, Jesus didn't just, he just didn't just feed, but, but Jesus led his disciples 12 people, he led them for three and a half years. 
He, he called them up short. He encouraged them. He led them. He, he directed them on where they were going so they, they would know where they were going. He led them for three and a half years. He also modeled for them. He modeled for them what they need to do. And, and he basically said, follow me and do it as I do it. And again and again and again, Jesus would model faith for them or he would he would model what it what it meant to reach out to people who were untouchables for them. Jesus would model what true justice was for them. And then Jesus would model what prayer was for them. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he modeled prayer. When he went up to the, to the mountain to pray, he modeled prayer that he needed to go and be with his father. So at the end, you can have an expectation that with God's help, we will lead like Jesus led. You have the right to pastors and leaders and servants and elders and bishops in the church and the community of faith who lead like Jesus. So in every decision we make, we're leading people. We're leading people to be like Jesus. You know, sometimes you get to see kind of all that you've done in hindsight. And so in the last two months, I've been able to see some hindsight of ministry. And I'm so glad that by the power of God, I was able to lead like Jesus. Because, because if we lead like Jesus, and if, if, if we point people to Jesus, and if we, if we feed like Jesus, and model like Jesus, and plead like Jesus, and lead like Jesus, when our day, when our time comes to the end, people keep looking to Jesus. Here's my prayer for Selim Fields Community Church, that you would see us, and you would see Jesus, and our lives, and our ministries, and our vision would all point to Jesus. And that Jesus at the end would be lifted up. And the Bible says when he is, he draws people to himself. That's the good news. Those are your rights as belongers. Let's pray together. Father, God, thank you that people want to belong, that you created people to belong to the community of faith. Thank you so much for that, Father. We give you praise for that. And Father, we, we're looking to build on a community of belongers. We're looking to replicate ourselves so that more and more people belong to the community of faith, so that more and more people come to know Jesus, so more and more people receive hope where they are. So, Father, would you help us? Would you help us to belong with its responsibilities and its rights? And then, Father, would you help us as leaders be able to model what it really means to belong in community, which ultimately is all about pointing people to you. Father, maybe someone's listening to me as someone's hanging out today, and they don't, they, they, they listen to these rights and, and they listen to what it means to belong and really don't know what it means to belong. I'm so good, glad, Father, that you're, your favor goes before them. 
that, that even right now you're, you're speaking to hearts and, and you're communicating through your still, small voice and helping people know what it means to belong. And so, fathers, if there are folks like that today, uh, this is good news. So, Father, I pray that you would help um, them to, to, to maybe pray, pray, pray a prayer like this. Lord, I want to belong. Would you help me? I give myself to you. I make you the Lord, the CEO of my life, the leader of my life. I walk away from my own kind of selfish desires, my own selfish things, which we call sin. And Father, I, I walk towards you wherever you will lead me. Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. The good news is the God that goes before hears that prayer and will answer that prayer. Open yourself up to him. We want to hear about it. If you've made a decision today, we want to hear about it. We want to help you. We want to help you grow and become a mature Christian. So you can go and take the connection card that's online or take a connection card and fill that out and say, I made a decision for Christ and Lee, drop us your email or your phone number and we'll get in touch with you because we want to help you on that journey. Thank you, Father, for all you're doing. And for those of us who are already belongers, already in a family, God, help us not to stay in the me, my, I high chair, but help us to become mature Christians in Christ. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Love you guys. Darkness tries to roll over my bones. The sorrow comes to steal the joy I Brokenness and pain is all I know. No, I won't be shaky. No, I won't be shaky. Cause my feet doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I'm
great to have you join us here for worship today and know that at Salem Fields Community Church you belong here and also I want to invite you to join us on Monday at 2 p.m. on Facebook live when we're going to be having our deeper dive and Pastor James will be talking a little bit more about some of the things that he brought up in today's sermon so make sure that you join us for that and you're also invited to join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for our in-person worship service at the Salem Fields Community Church campus we're also going to continue to offer for online worship on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. And also every Thursday night, we have our Celebrate Recovery Ministry that's at the Salem Fields campus as well. Well, when it comes to belonging, remember that you have rights, you have responsibilities, but don't ever forget the one to whom you belong. Well, God bless, have a great week, and we hope to see you again next week. Take care. <laughs>